So you've decided to give up that old behavior that's been killing you and all you care for and surrender to a power greater than yourself. That's the first step. Surrender is what opens the prison door. Now it's time to walk through that door and into a whole new way of life. Spirituality, self-care, service, social connection, and the simple daily disciplines that pave the way to lasting freedom. This is Positive Sobriety. Welcome to another episode of the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Yeah, it's a new season here on the podcast. Have we ever thought of doing that, breaking up the podcast into season? You know, well, I think we kicked it around a little bit, uh, but I think it's uh, something we need to think a little more about because it seems like we kind of go in waves anyway because of the uh, yeah. you know the schedules of the year and summer and things like that. So uh, we might just uh, yeah. approach that. We just recorded our 150th episode, so this will, uh, if I memory serves, we're at 151. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did take a little break over the summer, but now the calendar's filled up with guests. We've got a great guest coming up. Uh, in the meantime, I, we're ending up the dog days of summer. I don't know when, listener, I don't know when you are uh, uh, have downloaded and listened to this episode, but we're recording it uh, toward the end of August 2023. It's hot as blazes. Oh, God, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, and we're furiously preparing for a busy autumn. Uh, what's what's going on in your life then? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. I'm having a little deja vu uh, <laughs> this week in a yeah. not in a not great way. Uh, you know, my uh, my sister uh, is. Um, uh, suffering with COVID right now. And, uh, she didn't know COVID. she was, yeah, the, the COVID there, is back. There was a thing. Yeah. It was a thing a oh, couple yeah. years ago. <laughs> it turns out it might be a thing again, you know, oh, and, uh, yeah, some folks not, around yeah. here are starting to pop up in, in the Nashville area. And, um, and yeah, yeah my sister, uh, was, uh, thought she had allergies and, uh, my parents are both 87 and she goes over and helps them. They live in uh, the area, the Nashville area, mm-hmm. and she goes over and helps them a little bit. And uh, she was over on Saturday helping them out, doing some cleaning, doing some groceries. And um, uh, she felt like she had her allergies kicking in and she uh, thought, yeah, this is, you know, crazy. But she uh, woke up Sunday morning and really felt awful and, and tested mm-hmm. and she was positive and for COVID. Oh. And so she, you know, went and got on the antiviral, which from what I hear from her, <laughs> I might take my chances with COVID. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it, oh. Yeah, has a lot of, a uh, lot of unwanted outcomes, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, yeah. and, uh, so she was telling my parents, gosh, you better, you know, check. Cause I've just tested positive. I was just there yesterday and dad and mom, mm-hmm. you know, took home tests on Sunday and Monday and they were negative, but mom was starting to feel bad and dad's nose was starting to run. And I said, you need to go get a test just at the doctor, just go in and, and let them do it just to be sure. Not yeah. that 
that they can't do a COVID test, but you know, uh, human error. And so he goes in, takes mom and they're, you know, there they are. They test positive at the doctor on Monday. So, uh, oh. and then now they're, they're feeling, uh, equally lousy and bad. And of course being 87 and some health issues were a little skittish, but they're on the antiviral, yeah. uh, and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're hanging in there. They're, you know, they're not, uh, real chipper right now. Uh, mm-hmm. but they're, but they're not in, you know, in jeopardy, but, but yeah, the darn thing is coming around. Um, I, I know it's a different strand and I know there's all kinds of things about it. Mom and dad, thankfully, are you know, they were vaccinated. So the doctor believes their severity won't be, uh, you know, nearly like it could have mm-hmm. been, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, Nate, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm trying not to be the, you know, uh, the glass half empty guy, but I don't, like uh the the popping up that i hear around me right now yeah 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 from what i understand covid is now you know it's now endemic uh, in the population uh and there are variants that are popping up on a regular basis mm-hmm. uh and so uh you know the powers that be scrambling to find ways to counter it uh Man, thinking back to those crazy years of 2020, 2021, all the lockdowns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the really, I think the psychic damage that mm-hmm. came as a result of all that enforced isolation, social distancing. Yeah. Uh, I think we're seeing it reflect there was a definite rise in drinking and, oh, gosh, uh, and yeah. in other forms of medication, right? Because mm-hmm. people were driven into loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Are you yeah. seeing it yet? Is it is it impacting any of your clients? Well, I've got clients that have tested positive, and I, you know, I tell my clients uh, all the time: if you even feel like you might be sick, we can always Zoom, FaceTime. Mm-hmm. You know, that's totally good. But but don't come in. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, uh, yeah. I I don't get paid sick days, and I don't get vacation time. On my, <laughs> I work for this guy; he's a jerk. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I am seeing it pop up, uh, and and the fear, I think. Um, is, is maybe, uh, you know, before we really didn't know what we were in for, you know, I mean, and, and I think maybe now there's a certain kind of, uh, an undertone, at least around some of the folks that I'm around, there's a certain undertone of, um, gosh, I hope, you know, what if, and is it going to be like Mm -hmm. that? Cause I I can't do another isolated thing. I I think I'll go crazy, you know, especially, uh, you know, single folks and, people that are, uh, kind of trying to be early, they're early in their recovery. Um, you know, relapses were rampant in COVID. We knew that, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. And, um, and I just, yeah, I really, the isolation piece, it just drives home again, that, uh, connection is the anecdote, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and how to be creative and connecting is a, is a challenge in those kind of situations. Sure. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Yeek. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of <laughs> rained on the parade of the opening here with my, uh, my bad news bears, uh, story, but yeah. No, it, look, this is all about, uh, living in reality, living in the world of what is my first instinct is to go to denial mm-hmm. and say, you know, this can't be real. This couldn't right. possibly. Right. Right. And then my, I think my second instinct is to catastrophize. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, to swing from one side uh, of the spectrum to the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, the key is going to be, I think, staying present, staying realistic, 
staying, uh, staying grateful, staying connected. Yeah. Whatever's coming down the pike. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Hey, you've booked a a five-star guest for us for this uh, episode of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think, I think the listeners are going to enjoy this one. Yeah. And they'll meet him in a moment when we return on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Our guest this week is Brendan Watt. He's a worldwide speaker, a best-selling author, and facilitator of for Access Consciousness, a global empowerment company present in 176 countries. His classes and workshops empower others to know that they're not wrong, that anything's possible, and that they're just one choice away from change. Uh, Brendan specializes in helping others to overcome addiction as he too walks the path of recovery and sobriety. His first book, Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? is an international bestseller available in seven languages. And you can find Brendan every week on his podcast, One Choice from Change, on iTunes, on Amazon, and on the Access Consciousness website. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you. So you walk the path of recovery and sobriety. Uh, I wonder, we, we love our listeners to get to know our guests on a personal level. I wonder if you can give us some backstory. Tell us a little bit about the long and winding road that brought you to where you are today. Oh boy, has it been a <laughs> long and winding road? <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I was better at falling off the path of sobriety up until about 18 months ago. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I knew that, Interesting enough, looking back on it, I knew I had a problem with alcohol when I took my first drink, you know, and I was 14 mm-hmm. and, you know, and I remember I was with some, some of my sister's older, older friends and they had some beers and, you know, I think I had two beers and, um, the beers were done, you know, and they were all like, okay, you know, I wanted to go and do something. And I'm like, where's more? Like, you know, I'm not done, <laughs> you know? And I didn't realize, but see, I had no knowledge of what alcoholism was really. So it became this, it became this big wrongness in my world. Something that I was always going, why am I different? Why can everybody else stop? And I can't, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but that coupled with basically the life that I was creating, that wasn't the life that I actually desired. It was the life I thought I needed to create for everybody else. It became a, basically a time bomb you know and Mm. so you know i found access consciousness actually 13 years ago and my life started changing apart from the alcohol Mm. you know that was Mm -hmm. the one thing Mm -hmm. that that i was like well as long as i can keep this in place as long as i have alcohol i know i have an escape Mm. you know when things get too uncomfortable and and it was interesting the the last few years when it really started progressing, um, I was facilitating some big classes, a lot of people, you know, and, and I'd get to something different in my world where it was like, um, I'd get to a lot more of me, you know, I'd I'd get Mm -hmm. to a lot more space of, of what's true for me. That would be my biggest trigger. Ah, which was interesting. It wasn't about my, my trigger wasn't something's wrong. My trigger was something's right. Yeah. Mm. 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 Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm feeling a kinship with you now because I've been in recovery for 25 years, but I quit drinking four months ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I, I quit a few times in the last 25 years, but uh, this this is, uh, you know, I'm very, very confident. This is permanent. We hit the, you know, what, uh, yeah. But um, it's amazing how experiencing all the positive change that came with recovery from my primary addiction, which is sex addiction, uh-huh. uh, and all the freedom and growth and, and the ways in which I have been creative and useful and helpful, um, I still hung on. I think you described it well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm holding on to this one last thing that I can use for an escape. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was a, it's been an exhilarating, wonderful, liberating thing to give up, but getting there was very, very tough. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brendan, no, go ahead, Nate. I, you, you've got a point to make. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm resonating. Go ahead. Ask your question. Well, I'm, I'm really, uh, curious about you being in touch with what was right uh, you said, and uh, the thing, knowing the thing about you that you were actually maybe committed not to feel or not to not to experience, not to let be true, but yet you knew this was right. Um, is that? Am I interpreting that right? Well, it's it was more so. Um, you know, I was the kind of kid that was just like, where am I? I, I couldn't see where I fit into anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Mm-hmm that was, um, alcohol was a great escape from that. You know, it would, it, it gave me a place to belong and mm-hmm. made me feel like I belonged. And I, you know, I remember a good friend of mine, um, a few years ago when I was really starting to struggle with it, he said, let me ask you a question. What did it feel like to you when you took your first drink? And I kind of like just got present with that energy and got present with, you know, me at that age. And I was like, wow, it actually felt like I belonged. You know, so for me, um, with me saying that thing about my main trigger was when I was getting to more of a sense of what was true for me was when I would get to more of a sense of what was true for me, that feeling of belonging would start slipping away, Mm. you know, because I couldn't Uh. relate to people in the way that I would usually relate to them. I would actually, it was basically me getting to the space of, you know what, I am different and acknowledging that not as a not as um, some separation or some um, something that needs to be validated, but just, I think, an acknowledgement for each and every one of us that we are different, mm-hmm. you know, but yet mm-hmm. we still try and create, I know for me, speaking for me personally, tried to create a life that was true for everybody else, but not so much true for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. You know, in in bumping up against that wall of wow, I could take another step into being a lot more of who I actually am. That was when you know I'd be like, no, I'd rather drink because alcohol. That that energy is familiar, but not only that energy, self abuse mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a much more familiar energy to me than let's say um, gratitude or acknowledgement that I'm different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was much more throughout my whole life. I was much more familiar with the energy of pain and suffering. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 It was more comfortable. Yeah. Now, uh, listening to your accent, I know you're joining us from Houston. It's clear from your accent you're not from Houston. Um, <laughs> our, uh, I could I question... could try and put on the accent. I could just say, <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all. <laughs> 
<laughs> my, my question, wherever wherever it is you're from, were you were you raised in a drinking culture, and was drinking as a result uh, a part of belonging in order to yeah, well, in order to fit into that world? Yeah. So I grew up in Australia, you know, and one of the sayings mm -hmm. we have is there are no alcoholics in Australia; they are just Australians. <laughs> 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 you know, okay. And, All right. Okay. Know, and so I was like, well, that's, you know, I I was born into the perfect country, but uh -huh. you know, I grew yeah. up with um I grew up with an alcoholic father who was also quite abusive. Um you know, I grew up with an alcoholic grandfather who was sexually abusive and very abusive. Um mm -hmm. so that was, you know, that was basically that energy that I was kind of familiar with, mm -hmm. but also sure. You know, the one of the things that one of the biggest things that's that began a lot of freedom and and a, a lot more ease with my sobriety was um, acknowledging that, but also not making it the blame for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting in touch with your your truth and and having a voice, uh, Brendan, in your own life was was shame a part of that that you were avoiding? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah. You know, I remember, especially the last few years, um, you know, I drink and I was getting to a point where it's like alcohol was not doing well for my body, you know, mm -hmm. and I'd wake mm -hmm. up the next yeah. day and, and just be in so much of that, you know, blame, shame, regret, guilt, right. you know, and all of those different things. And yeah, it was, it was nothing that, um, those looking back at those um times that's not something i'd wish on anyone you know they were it was dark mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and so so you wrote your book uh the book that's been uh translated into seven languages and it's interesting to me that uh people might struggle with relationships in seven languages or having one in seven <laughs> languages uh but uh so you wrote that book actually before you gave up alcohol yeah yeah, yeah. it's actually really creative, even with drinking. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You know, I created a lot and um, and I also lost a lot. But mm -hmm. yeah, I wrote that book. I wrote that book with the person I was in relationship with at the time, um, I think about six or seven years ago, you know, and mm -hmm. and I came up with the topic, the title of it, Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? Because I was like, I know for myself, it was just something that I, you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. you know, I've been in relationships mm -hmm. my whole life and I never questioned, do I actually want one? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how would you say that your, uh, your work and, uh, I assume you, you're still facilitating access consciousness events, doing that, yep. that work that you've been doing for so long? Yeah, I actually ah. took, I took some space though. You know, mm -hmm. the first, Did you? I, I went off, um, so it was last April. My sobriety date is the 5th of April last year. And mm -hmm. um, I basically, I hit a big rock bottom. You know, I, mm -hmm. I did all sorts of damage to my life, my relationships, everything. And so I took, I took three months, I think it was four months completely off social media, um, mm -hmm. you know, off everything like that and really had to go into question of at, at that point, mm -hmm. um, you know, last year I was in question of whether I even wanted to live. Mm. Oh, wow. You know, wow. I was, wow. I, yeah. I was bottomed out, you know? And so 
I had to get really vulnerable with myself and look at it and go, okay, so do I actually want to be here? Mm-hmm. You know, is this, do I want to be, you know, in the world? Do I actually want to create my life again? Do I want to rebuild my relationships? Do I want to actually show up and find out what's true for me? And so the, I, the first few months of my sobriety was a, um, was an internal battle. You know, I think mm-hmm. it was wrestling with all sorts of things to, to get to something different. Um, which at this point now I'm so grateful for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, how has your approach to, uh, your facilitating work, the other work you do and the podcasting, kind of, how has that changed, uh, with your new uh, sober lifestyle? Uh, I would say it's changed a lot more honesty, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I would say for me, one of the things I could acknowledge is I'm a lot more of an invitation for people who, you know, who are struggling, you know, for mm-hmm. people with mental health and with addiction problems and mm-hmm. with, you know, problems in finding their path and finding what's true for them is I can speak from this space now of, Hey, I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can judge. I've been there and done it all. So it's like, I think for me, that's, I had to look at, um, what kind of a world do I want to live in? You know, do mm-hmm. I want to live in a, a superficial world where it's all about how do I show up on social media and how many followers do I have and what do I look like? And, you mm-hmm. know, have I got my life right yet? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. do I want to live in a world where we can be there and support each other? You know, mm-hmm. and it was the latter. So I went, okay, if I'm going to even have that as an awareness, have that as a vision that I would like to have and the world that I would like to be in, I'm going to have to buckle down. I'm going to have to pull up my socks and I'm going to have to be that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I started showing up different. You know, I just started showing up and going, hey, I'm an alcoholic. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm sobriety. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on this journey of sobriety. I've screwed a lot of things up. I've got a lot of warts that, you know, I've got a lot of things about me that, that don't work, but I'm still here and I'm still me and I'm doing the best I can. And, and I think that people gravitate towards that. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. People yes, can yes. relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how did you uh, come to a um, a place uh, that you that you launched the access consciousness uh, kind of uh, premise and and kind of moved in toward that? How did that emerge? Well, so I I actually started facilitating with, like I said, I found these guys thirteen years ago in Australia, and. You know, I was at the point in my life then where I just didn't want to be here either, you know, and mm-hmm. I found this, I found access and the, 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 um, basically the, what do you call it? The mantra, not the mantra, the, um, something motto? anyway, yeah. the motto. Yeah. Along those lines, it was, um, empowering you to know what you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I was like me, no, anything. You know, and Mm -hmm. the thing I love about access is it's about, it's an acknowledgement that, that you already are whole. It's about Mm -hmm. accessing the consciousness, the awareness, the knowing that you already have, that we all, each and every one of us already have. We just don't access it because we're, you know, for a lot of us, we're too vested in getting our lives right, trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. trying to create something that, you know, should be the right life that others say, rather than being in question. And looking for, okay, so 
what is it I truly desire? What's actually true for me? And that was, that was the main difference for me was, you know, I'd lived my life trying to find an answer. This was all about being in question. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so Brendan, you, if I'm hearing you right, you are actually helping people. You said access what they already know or know what they already know, acknowledge what they already know to be true. Um, do you feel like a lot of us, uh, the answers are, it sounds like I mean, the answers are already in us, but we're afraid of them. We're afraid to access them. We're because then we'd have responsibility or because then that might not line up with everybody's value system or beliefs about us or something like that. Or. Yeah. Well, I think the list is endless. Yeah. You know, I think the list of why not is endless, you know, and it's, but see, for me is, I know that any area of my life that's not working, I'm not being me in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to do it the way that somebody else does, or I'm trying to get it right, or or I have some um, conclusion there that's creating it, you know, because one of the things, one of the things I know is my point of view creates my reality. Mm-hmm. So if I have the point of view that something's not going to work, it doesn't work. You know, if I have the point of view that, that, um, you know, I'm just a piece of shit, I'm going to do everything that I can to get everybody else to see what I've already decided. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, I think for a lot of us, um, we've learned that it's more comfortable to be like everybody else, you know, to not strive and, and really have a life and living of thrival. It's more comfortable to be like, okay, well, what do you want me to be mm-hmm. or how do you see me or how does this choice affect you? Or, you know, rather than being a leader in our lives and actually creating a world that, that works for us, you know, mm-hmm. and that to me it is such an inspiration when I see it, it's not even about somebody who's willing to make the big choices and get out there in the world. Somebody who's willing to have kindness where other people would judge to me is an inspiration. I'm like, wow, you know, that's that willingness to be different. The willingness to, to, you know, the, the willingness to actually go against whatever it's not even not, not necessarily go against, but the willingness to choose something that doesn't match what everybody else is choosing. If you know that choice will create more for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I wonder if I could oh, go ahead. No, then. no, no, go ahead. Uh, I wonder if I could get your feedback on something, uh, Brendan. I'll be speaking in just a few weeks at a, a recovery conference uh, in Portland, uh-huh. and I'm preparing, mentally preparing for some pushback because uh, I'm going to I'm going to say something that is, uh, it sounds to me already a, a, a heterodox, if not beyond unorthodox, uh, uh-huh. when it comes to talking about recovery. But I've come to believe it's true, and that is that. Um, for almost all of us, maybe for all of us, relapse is a normal part of recovery. Yeah. Well, see, one of the things, one of the things I found about relapse, you know, cause my, the, when I, you know, April last year, that was a relapse, relapse of sure. magnitude, you know, and I did it well. I relapsed really well. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things I realized with, you know, AA, I think is great, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it was vital for me in getting sober, the 12 step program, yeah. but it doesn't teach you about creating your life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so what I see is 
basically, um, you know, one of the things we talk about in access is, is there's two kind of people in the world. The people that will be in a constant state of judgment of themselves, always find, trying to find where they're wrong, you know, and mm -hmm. everybody else is having an easier time and everybody else is right, but they're wrong. Then there's the other type of person who everybody else is wrong and everybody should be doing it my way and mm -hmm. I'm right and you're wrong, you know? And so for me, I'm the, I'm the, the first one, you know, I always, my whole life was trying to find out where I was wrong. So AA was, was great for anyone basically who had the answer mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. still use AA, but it, but once again, it wasn't helpful for creating my life because what I see is for those people that, that have that sense of wrongness about themselves or that sense of difference, or they're just like, I don't fit anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. In order to go beyond relapse is you've got to be willing to actually create your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to stay sober, if you're going to generate and create a life and living, you're going to have to learn how to do that. And, and that's where access for me was vital was because that has the tools and the processes in it that allow me to actually create my future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the, with the, the, the pushback that you're aware of, I think you're going to find that a lot of people have a strong point of view about that. Mm -hmm. But also, a lot of people have a strong point of view about a lot of things, <laughs> you know. And it's yeah. like my 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 point of view with relapse is, you know, you've gotten to a point where there's something again that you're unwilling to be present with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I I was actually um, I was actually in Brazil recently doing some some classes down there and. I had this thing show up for me, this very familiar energy where I just wanted to basically be like, you know what? Screw you to the world. Yeah. Get away from me, people. Mm -hmm. I need to isolate. And I was, and when that came up, I went, okay, this, I need to get really present with this because this is mm -hmm. the energy where last time, if I didn't have the tools that I have right now, if I didn't have the demand in my world that I have right now, I would relapse. Mm -hmm. And I knew mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so I got really present with it and I, you know, and I used some tools and I talked to people. I got home, I went to some AA meetings, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I just, one of the things that I stopped to the best of my ability, stopped doing was running away from those things, you know, running away from the relapse, mm -hmm. more so mm -hmm. being present with it and going, okay, here's, here it is again. I could quite easily choose to drink right now, Yeah, but yeah. I know I choose to drink right now. My life is destroyed again. Yeah, I know that. Mm -hmm. I think early on too in recovery, the the clients that I talk with every day, and one particularly recently, um, he said, "You know, I I thought I wasn't supposed to want to drink if I was sober, so I was blindsided by the fact that I was in a situation yeah. and I I was just I freaking want to drink here." And yeah. he said, mm -hmm. "I just thought, well, you're that's not sobriety. You're you know." And he said, "Screw it." So I did. You know, and it went on for three days. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing because I think that uh, it's like 
It's like that people might have a misunderstanding about what we're inviting them into in recovery with respect to, you know, when you when you get, quote, sober, you know, because at first we're also sick of it. We don't ever I mean, in my case, I didn't even want to look at it, but then I did want Mm -hmm. to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that it's interesting when when even people say "I, I didn't think I was if I was really sober, I wouldn't even be tempted to drink or I wouldn't even entertain it or I wouldn't have that, you know, preoccupation again or whatever. Yeah. And that's, see, that's one of the, um, that's, that's a destructive way that I see for people trying to look at sobriety is the idea that you've lost choice. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that, well, now I can't ever drink ever again, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and do you take away choice from somebody? What do you want to do? You want to choose it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody tells you you can't drink ever again. You're like, oh, you know that it's constantly in your world rather than I know I have the choice. Yeah. Yes. But also when that comes up, like say for that person who you're talking about is when that energy comes up of wanting to have a drink, like I said, being really present with it, present with that energy, mm-hmm. knowing that I have the choice and then I can look at it a little different right? rather than running away from it because see, you can't change anything that you keep hidden from you. Mm-hmm. So yes. rather than hiding it from you and kind of trying to push it away into the corner, I just be with it and go, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What's that choice going to create? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and, was... then, and then I get an awareness of the, the future of that. And I'm like, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I was uh, sober probably only a couple of years and um, I went to a wedding and uh, someone was bringing drinks around to everybody and they started uh-huh. to hand me one and he said, oh, I'm sorry, you can't drink, um, you know, because everybody knew my story. <laughs> it's a, kind of not a secret. So uh, I said, that's really not true. I said, I could drink as much as I want. I'm just sick of the consequences and the shit I have to put up with when I do, you know, yeah. um, but I can I can I can drink. I can drink this afternoon. Um, I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to because I, I think there's some bigger reasons my life's shown me that uh i'm enjoying uh beyond it but but yeah i think that's a big point uh you know you can yeah you can Mm -hmm. and you know and you know big part of it is looking at okay what's the choice going to create you know Mm -hmm. and i i like to use that question with everything not only what's this choice going to create as a um as a sense of the future but also if i look at things if i look at times in my life that haven't worked out then I look at it and go, okay, what choices were, were was I making there that created that? Then I, I can begin to get a sense of I've chosen everything that's shown up in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've not been the effect just because, you know, see, one of the things I actually, um, I heard the found, I went to a seminar with the founder of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas, 13 years ago. And one of the things that he said in there just set a light bulb off in my world. He said, your life is a sum total of every choice that you've ever made. Mm. And I was like, what? I've chosen this, you know, cause mm. for me, I had the idea that, you know, I couldn't, I, I, I was miserable because of all the abuse that I'd been through. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't create money because I grew up in poverty. Mm-hmm. I couldn't create a relationship that worked because I didn't, you know, I was always in abusive relationships and surrounded by that energy. So I was, creating myself as a victim to the world around me. And when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, 
if I've chosen this, if I've chosen to be who I am in this moment right now, what if I started making some different choices? Mm-hmm. You know, and I started recognizing that I could cho- make different choices and actually create a different life. And, and I think for me now, it's like, Choice is a powerful thing, yet for a lot of us, we haven't really been educated how to use it. We've been given a menu. You know, here's the choices that you have, which one are you going to choose, rather than what question could you ask that would give you the awareness of what choices you actually have available. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brendan, is access consciousness, um, are you all doing workshops? How would people, uh, how would people uh, find out how to access, access consciousness? <laughs> Yeah, good question. Well, I'd go on the Access Consciousness website. But yeah, we have thousands of facilitators around the world now at this point. And, um, you know, people, there's tools on everything, you Mm -hmm. know, because it it really is about creating more consciousness, having Mm -hmm. a more conscious world and creating, you know, your life from more consciousness. So Mm -hmm. once again, I know for me, you know, I said that thing before of I know, any area of my life that's not working, I'm not being me. Well, if I'm not being me, I'm not being conscious at mm. all. You know, I've got the, uh, I've got my blinders on mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, and this is about really the, you know, tools to create your life, the, the life and living that you should be able to create, mm-hmm. you know, that you should have access to, that you should actually be able to like who you are. Yeah. That was yep. a big thing for me was I, I never liked who I was ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan, what I hear you describing is uh, moving from subconscious choices to conscious choices, moving from uh, you know, behaving uh, in programmed ways to actually questioning, be- becoming conscious of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and you've used the word tools several times. Uh, I, I'd be, uh, I, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about tools. I know that for me, uh, I tend to operate on autopilot unless I'm deliberately sitting down to do something like journaling. That helps me become more conscious. Uh, talking with a sponsor or uh, in the Samson Society of Silas, that helps me put words to things and become more deliberate, more conscious. Sometimes being in a group with other people and hearing them share and speak uh, on issues that I haven't thought about makes me conscious of things that are actually going on in my own life. Um, uh, how, uh, to what degree? Uh, so uh, I'd love to hear what some of the tools are. What can we do as individuals? Uh, are there some tools that require uh, reaching out to other people? Going to meetings, for example. Well, I would say, you know, you, you naming those few things, there, great tools, you know, mm-hmm. journaling, you know, one thing I learned about, I wrote a lot last year, you know, and one of the things I found out was I couldn't lie to myself on paper. Hmm. Yeah. You know, great tool. So it's like, but I think the, the greatest tool of all is the question, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, it, you want one for getting out of judgment is what's right about me that I'm not getting, you know, and what's mm-hmm. right about this that I'm not getting and see, recognize that the wrongness that a lot of us go to as our automatic response to the world around us, you know, of, well, see, I'm wrong, you know, see, mm-hmm. I'm right that I'm wrong, you know, but it's all the same thing is recognize that judgment's a choice. 
recognize mm-hmm. that yeah. a great you know a great tool for me is choice is recognizing that anything that anything and everything that's showing up in my life i'm choosing and i also have choice with i have choice mm-hmm. to go to judgment of myself or i have choice to be an allowance of myself i have choice mm-hmm. to go to fight or i have choice to be grateful for something you know i i i, I cannot control the world around me but I can be something different with the way the world around me shows up. Mm. And so I think it's, you know, beginning everything with a question is noticing begin. I would say for people begin to notice the, the, the areas of your life that seem stuck and, and ask, okay, what question could I be with this? I wonder what else is possible here that I've never considered. You know, what's, what could I be or do different with this? that would create it to be different, you know? And, and that's where it begins with, because that's when you start not having to be the controller of everything also. Like we live mm-hmm. in an abundant universe, yet all of us are trying to, to determine how it shows up rather than, you know, the, I think it's the, the third step in the 12 step program of surrendering mm-hmm. to a power greater than you. And mm-hmm. so for me, like actually just giving in to the universe and going, okay, so rather than trying to create myself as this separate element, what if I created myself as an acknowledgement that each and every one of us are connected, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that just, that for me alone is, I know when I get stuck in my, my own kind of shit, you know, when it's all about me and I'm trying to f- fix something that could be like, let's say money, for example, and it just seems so small is when I'm willing to be bigger than that and actually look at it from a different perspective, you know, and actually look at not just my life, but the world in general, my life expands. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a very inspiring, thought-provoking, uh, you know, fascinating conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a delight to be with, and thank you for taking the time to be with us. Now that you're back on sto- social media, uh, those of our listeners who would like to follow up with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> search me on social. I don't even know my Instagram. <laughs> I'm terrible. Um, uh, hey, I wanted to give you, I wanted to give you another tool, Nate, because you said, oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's popping into my head. As you said, you have that, um, you have this conference coming up that you're going to be yeah, speaking yeah. at. Yeah, is yeah. one of the things I do, right? Because I speak with a lot of people. Also, is before you even get there, is kind of get a sense of that, get a sense of that, um, you know, get a sense of being there, even. Mm-hmm. And then what you want to do is you want to just pull energy. Pull energy from everyone in the crowd. Okay. Okay. Just, just, and you just ask for it, you know, you just kind of pull energy. And then, so they're already beginning to get connected with you. Mm -hmm. And when you get that, um, when you get to the conference is you just let trickles of your energy go back out and connect with all of these people that can't, that, that neutralizes it. Then Mm. they'll all be there present with you and connected. You know, so, oh, yeah. and also, cause, cause, cause I know that thing of, um, trying to figure out a speech before you get there. Mm-hmm. Another thing I do also is before I get on anything, what are the infinite possibilities for this? 
Yeah. Mm. And oh, that's wow. it. You know, I'll ask that question and then I just kind of show up and just be like, you know what? I might fuck this up and I might not. And I'm just going to talk. And, you know, it's like, because <laughs> you'll find, you know, what I've found too is I'm far more brilliant than I give myself credit for. And I think mm-hmm. you might find the same things with things like that. It's just like, wow, how did I say that? I didn't even know I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that experience. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Me yeah, too. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Well, and and uh, uh, Brendan, I I see there's a, a brendanwatt.com. Is that you? That's me. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, people yep. can start there the too. Hurry, Brendan. You hear him? He's a relentless self promoter. <laughs> Can't you hear this stuff? Yeah, you're a publisher's <laughs> dream. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Beautiful. I love your spirit and. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Brendan. Oh, yeah. man, I'm grateful for you both, too. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay. Good All to right. be with you. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Um, Nate, I really enjoyed talking to Brendan. Um, I think he's just, his honesty is refreshing. Love the accent, but I, I do yeah, 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 yeah. I love talking <laughs> to anybody with an Australian accent. Come on. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a little more fun. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, his, he's refreshing in his honesty. And, and I like his call to um, admonish people to, uh, to empower people to know what they already know. I thought that was a yeah. really uh, interesting point because I think a lot of us, you know, we, we say I'm confused and I'm baffled and I don't know uh, all these different things about my situation and myself. And I think in reality, maybe we do many times, mm-hmm. but we can't admit certain things to be true. We can't allow certain things yeah. to be true. And that's where we really uh, need that medicator and that 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 way mm-hmm. of taking us away from ourselves. If ourselves can't be acceptable to even ourselves, um, yes. I don't know. I just thought that was a really uh, kind of a very profound turn for for people to kind of latch onto that point because I do think we know yeah. often more than we allow ourselves to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and trying to keep an uncomfortable reality at bay, and it's only uncomfortable because uh, we're concerned about how we, it will be received by others and how mm-hmm. where where we'll be in relationship yeah. or social standing. Or, yeah. yeah, what will it cost mm-hmm. me to tell the yeah. truth, <laughs> to tell myself the truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. absolutely, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I thought he had a very disarming opening to say that. I mean, he let us know early. Mm-hmm. That uh, that you know his relapse was not all that long ago. He didn't prepare. He didn't. I find it very appealing. Anytime I meet somebody who's not pretending to have all their shit together. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that yeah. And I think that we've got to tell people the truth about relapse um, in a mm-hmm. way that is um, uh, that allows them to anticipate not to not to expect one necessarily. They don't. Right, you don't right, have to right, put it on right, a calendar. Right, not to plan on one. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, three months. I'm I've scheduled a relapse for myself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that it is something that you are going to be um, encountering things that at times, even if it doesn't go perfectly, it's okay. 
you know, it yeah. doesn't uh, sabotage the rest of your life. It's this, it's this season. We made a choice. We for, forgot what we believe for a minute, or we forgot our motivation or something was as overwhelming as we feared it might be. And that's where mm -hmm. we went. I don't know, but a million reasons people relapse. But, um, but I think we've got to be able to tell people that um, they have the um, ability to move past them and they don't define them and they are, it's not pass or fail. And you're not a failure as a recovering person. And um, you can anticipate yeah. uh, at least wanting to act out. I mean, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. 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 The urge will return. <laughs> All right. It's like, well, the, you know, the character in uh, Fatal Attraction that uh, Glenn Close played, you know, yeah. just really kind of batshit crazy person, which is not a clinical term. I shouldn't use that. Uh, but she had that great line in there. I will not be ignored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I think about it. You know, just in the yeah. corner. I will not be ignored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. Uh, great to hear your voice. Great to have a, uh, you know, a conversation with an interesting guest and yeah. great to know that we have plenty more in the hopper, more coming up. I'll see you again next week. Yep. And until then, I'm Nate. And I'm David. And we are your pals on the Positive Sobriety the Positive Sobriety Podcast is recorded at Crossroads for the Nations in Brentwood, Tennessee. Live producer Rex Schnelli, music by Rex Schnelli, theme music by Matt Ulrich, uh, hair and makeup by Lyle Lovett, uh, wardrobe <laughs> by Kathy Gifford. 